so the topic for today. Yeah, we were talking about that. I I wanted to see what what um where we were where we were going. We had a c- couple of different options, but so I want to paint a quick picture for us on the Pied Piper Peter Pot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want <laughs> proceed. <laughs> I want to paint a picture. Okay. So it's 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 the mystical experience. Nirvana, transcendence, enlightenment. These are all heavy terms that f- that feel otherworldly, ethereal. And I've heard you and I both come from a background of listening to Mr. Watts and Alan. And he kind of took, he almost took it on a challenge as a, for himself not to actually describe his own. He always felt like it would be useless, that it doesn't really mean anything. Right. And I think there's value in it. I think there's value in us expressing it and, and sharing what that could look like. Um, and, 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 you know, there's, there's other Zen or there's other ways of looking at this thing where I guess the human, our human nature is we see the result of something and, and then it's like we got to do things to get there. And that's why I don't think a lot of these people share the mystical experience, like their own experience with it. Because it could potentially cause someone to think, oh, there's somewhere I have to be or get to. Right. Yeah. I under, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and, and, and I've, uh, you know, I'm thinking this out right now with you. And I played around with it by myself, trying to think about whether or not we should share our own experience with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just decided, fuck it, man. It's just fun to talk about. And it's cool. It is, and it's revolutionary, really. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a <laughs> it's a life-altering experience. And I've had too many experiences where I've listened to other people's stories and was able to lock into what they were sharing, that it actually changed me. Mm-hmm. I was affected by their experiences. It actually opened opened up something within me that I didn't know I had access to. Right. And we have this awesome format, this awesome ability to capture whatever we may be expressing. And it's like, well, why the hell not? Like, yeah, why put not? it out there. Yeah, why not just put it out there? So I, I, I've, you know, I've had a, I've had a, I've had an experience. Peter's had an experience for this app. I thought we could share them. Okay, cool. You want to go first? Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no. All right, so you can <laughs> put the weight on me then. Yeah, it's to super, start. It's like I didn't think I'd be so so uh, ugh, about doing it. Yeah, I I've talked, um, I've shared it with certain people. I I think the most um, for me it it took it took a few weeks to recognize something profound had happened and I started getting feedback from people that were my you know from friends that I was around um, that something had changed Hmm. and they didn't know what it was I I don't know if I shared this story before but um, I'm pretty particular when it comes to getting my hair cut 
like any great story into the bowels of enlightenment, it starts with a haircut. It's four clips. So, <laughs> so I was at great clips. Yeah. <laughs> this was pre enlightenment. So I was I'm watching the clips. I was watching the game at Sport Clips. <laughs> <laughs> but I've I um I al- I've always liked uh simple things done really well. Mm. So if it was just something simple, which I would consider at least for me a haircut I I see as being a simple thing. It just has to be done well. It has to be done efficiently and um with intention precisely and there has to be um, just, uh, it just has to be done, done right. You know? Yeah. got to care. Like you're taking care of a bonsai plant on your head. Yeah. And, um, so I've only had, I think I've had f- in the course of my life, I've had six different people, uh, cut my hair for a long time. It used to be, uh, only one. All at great clips. No. <laughs> And sport clips wasn't around. <laughs> <laughs> I get the, the ten dollar special at at the at, at the clips. <laughs> Every city you move to, you just find the closest great clips and pick your sensei. Exactly, go, it's like a Hampton Inn. You just as soon as you see that that sign, you know you you've you've come home. <laughs> you, you 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 made it all the way. Um, but the reason why I'm I'm talking about my haircut is because um, the guy that I see today um, became he was a uh, I I met him when I was uh, in my first job on paper um, like where taxes were involved were taken out and I would get a paycheck. It was my first job ever, and I was actively involved in the throes of my drinking and also uh my s- sleepwalking life if you will hmm. and i wasn't in a i mean yeah i mean i just wasn't wasn't well i guess and so this guy comes in at uh, dillard's where i was working i was selling suits in the suit department of course and Nobody fucking buys suits there. Like it's a, it was a really tough sell. And this guy walks, walks in, and he's the only guy in the department. And I, I'm sitting behind the the desk, um, and I notice him, and so I go up and ask him if there's anything I can do to help, or you know what he's looking for. And he just said he was browsing, and for some reason we started having a bit of a conversation and I can't recall what we talked about, but we were talking about, um, it was just a, a friendly, friendly, um, scenario. And, um, at the end of it, and I never did this. I asked, I said, Hey dude, can I get your number? Like, I just, I'd, I'd like to, you know, go out and grab a drink with you or whatever. And, um, you know, I'm relatively new to Atlanta and, um, so he gave me his phone number hmm. and I didn't know that he w- had, I didn't know that he was, uh, um, uh, a professional stylist at that point. Hmm. Um, but 
so him and I started, we'd, we'd hang out every once in a while, like go to a happy hour or grab dinner together or whatever. And he, um, he became a, a, a really good friend of mine. And even as I was at the time, I, I don't think I was a great friend, um, yet, but he, um, he was there and I started, uh, having him asking him to cut, cut my hair and it was cool because he he um, he would block out time, and he still does it to this day. And this was probably five years ago. Uh, no, longer than that. It was like seven years ago. But he blocks out a time on Sundays where he brings his friends into the salon, and then he cuts their hair. So um, I started going to see him, and I'd give him 40 or 50 bucks, and um, that's kind of how it all, it all started. But... Um, from that point forward, I had a lot of dying to do in my life, and from I, the moment you had him as your hair cutter here, yeah, in yeah, it, it, he was. It it, it becomes important on the other side of my experience. Right, right. But I'm just just to where you started with. You only had six people that have ever cut your hair. Is he the guy you're still with now? Yeah. Okay, so this is a guy you met seven years ago who you still see regularly to get your hair cut. Yeah, okay. every, every um, you know, four to six weeks. Okay, like, and. Um, I so was doing it for the people listening. They were wondering. Okay. No, that's it's probably important, I guess. Um, <laughs> so that was seven years ago. And then um, I had another year or so of, uh, of dying to do. And we moved to a new apartment. So I moved out of, out of Atlantic Station where I was living and kept doing what I wanted to do. Kept doing my, my stuff. And then, you know, um, my life just kept kind of heading towards the, the, the mountain, you know, the, the airplane just kept lowering in, in altitude and just, you know, it was on a, a downward trajectory. Your life was going to shit. Yeah, it really was. Um, and I ended up, uh, coming to a place in my life where I was in a relationship and I was completely convinced that that it was a relationship that would not, it, it, it wasn't possible for it to end. Like no matter how bad things got, it was like not possible for it, for us to part company. I just, I don't know where that came from. And it was, it was in retrospect, it was more delusional than probably what the the truth was, right? As evidence that it didn't pan out. Um, but, but, in, but in your mind, it was, you were like, this is yeah. the thing that's here, f- here. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I wasn't interested in anybody else. And I was, you know, it was, I'd moved to Atlanta with, with this person and like it, it was, I, w- I was, I was done. It was. I was going to be with this person and this person was going to be with me and we were a, we were a team, you know? Yeah. And then, um, we kept going with that and I, I kept, kept getting worse, I guess, internally suffering with a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of, um, harmful behavior with glimpses of, 
of light, you know, like glimpses of what you'd say would be, you know, good stuff. Right. Um, and then I, uh, I got sober first and she was a part of that. Um, I saw through her that I couldn't stay sober. I couldn't live sober. Um, and that I was totally and utterly powerless over over whether I was going to drink or not. That I didn't have a choice in 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 alcohol. Um, like you were gonna get like you, there's nothing you could do. You always ended up getting drunk. Yeah, I don't not not necessarily getting the drunk piece, but I couldn't stay away from it. Right. Right. Like, and I saw through her from there was an experience where she had asked me if I was going to drink that day, I had to go to a company thing and she asked me if I was going to drink. And I said, absolutely not. And maybe a week before that, um, there were some traumatic things that took place that, um, you know, even to this day, I'm, I'm not proud of, of any of that stuff. Um, and really in, from a, uh, perspective of uh realism and truth um i could have very easily been been put away you know um wasn't i wasn't physically abusive but it was it was i was out of control i was full on out of control right. and um i was so sad about that and i had said to her that you know i i'm i'm done i i, I won't i won't drink ever again and I'd said that a hundred times, you know, maybe a thousand times in my life. And I would have uh, signed my name in blood. Like it, it, I was at that point where I just never, ever, ever wanted to do that or be that person around someone that I cared so much about ever again. Right. Um, and so a week had passed from that situation, and then I had this company party, and as I left the uh, apartment, she asked me if I was going to drink, and I said, um, no way. That ain't going to happen. And so for me, it was kind of a twofold situation. Um, I ended up turning down alcohol, turned it down, turned it down, and then somebody asked me on the fourth time, and that was the right time. And I got back into the saddle with alcohol at the at the company function. Right. And uh, so somehow I found a way to like stumble home and walk in. And uh, she asked me one question and she said, did you drink today? And I said, no. And, you know, my eyes are everywhere and I'm kind of, you know, stumbling around. And it's just obvious that I, you know, like had been drinking, you know. And in that moment, um, and I won't ever forget this. I hope I don't. Um, I saw, uh, I saw a person, uh, inside die, uh, like every part of her was just gone, like, um, shattered, uh, because, uh, she cared an awful lot about me and, um, knew that I had just lied to her face essentially. Mm. And I had done the only thing that I was said that I wasn't going to do. Um, and at that moment, I knew, I knew that I was finished with alcohol. I was, I was done. I, I, I had a problem, 
and uh, you know I was uh, certainly alcoholic, but the thing that happened for me in that situation was that I could see clearly that I was exactly where I was, not because of her, not because of anybody, but because uh, of myself. I couldn't stay sober. That 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 sober, uh, I would drink again. And uh, the next day, I uh, started. Uh, I started back, and I opened up that door, and I went to that group, and I I sat there, and uh, did that for a year, and that's where, and I haven't had a drink since that, that that day, which was uh, September twentieth of two thousand fifteen. Mm. I have not had to take a drink from that point forward till you know uh, up till today. From seeing the, the life leave your girl's body, I saw it from disintegrate. her. Like her whole energy, yeah, yeah. like Oof. just everything gone, and I was done. And there were there was no more excuses, there was no more, there was nothing. It was just like you yeah. shattered this person. Like they, you saw it in her eyes. Yeah, yeah, I f- and I felt it, and I was hammered. Like I was out, I was out of it, but I had this moment of clarity where it was just like almost slow motion it was really a powerful situation for me mm. uh, but i that was uh, um, that was amazing because i i i could move from there like i finally saw where i was in relationship to alcohol like i finally got it i finally understood that i was powerless over alcohol like right then and there in that moment and from that fr- from that point i i could move I uh, could start going, doing something else, and I did, and um, I stayed sober. I stayed sober uh, for you know another eighteen months or so, maybe fourteen months, and um, then our relationship at the time had sort of been um, it 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 wasn't ever what it was. It was it was um, it was different. But she stayed with me for 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 that first that first uh, fourteen months, and then something changed where you know she just um, sh- we just parted company. I mean, really, it was she was living up in New York City. Uh, she'd taken a job up there, and I had wanted you know to go up there with her, but I wasn't able to do it because of how I was living and. Um, just my financial situation at the time and it wasn't just wasn't possible um and uh so we were doing a long distance thing for a while and then she came into town uh sometime before christmas and uh yeah just essentially uh said that it was done that she was she was finished like it was over and um that's the second piece and that's when it all happened for me when that person decided to go in a different direction um and i don't remember exactly when it was but there were a couple things that happened where i i uh, that the 14 months was really powerful for me because i was just i was just dying right like i was going to meetings i was doing i was doing stuff but i wasn't i wasn't doing any of the stuff that we're, that we're talking about i wasn't I wasn't you were attending the groups. Yeah, I was attending. I wasn't a part of it. I right. wasn't I wasn't involved. I wasn't I wasn't in action. Yeah. I was just not drinking. 
And in that, and how many months in did, did she come in December and say, we're done? Probably 14 or 15. Okay. So this is 14 or 15 months into the deal. Yeah. It was a while. Okay. Yeah. And I got my own apartment and like there was a lot, there was a ton of unmanageability and I, I'm even, even today, man, like I'm, I'm so amazed that she stayed for as long as she did. Mm. Um, because you know, I, 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 if, if the roles had been reversed, uh, I would have been, I would have been gone. Like mm. I would have been out of there quick. Because of the, the way you were behaving or just the way you Yeah, were everything, how I, how I was living, you know, yeah. how I was just so sick. I just nodded up. Yeah. I, I had so much anxiety and I had so much fear and I just wasn't, I was doing, a, I was working a job that was not what I wanted to do. And I was living a life that was not, and I just couldn't quit. I couldn't, I couldn't throw my hands. I could throw my hands up in the air when it came to alcohol, but I couldn't throw my hands up in the air when it came to my life. Anything else? Yeah. Nothing else. I was still holding on to everything, still mm. trying to fix everything, manipulate everything, like keep it together, keep it together. Cause I was so afraid of having that thing go out, go, go out the, the door. And of course, you know, and it, it ends up going out the door. And when that, when that happened, um, she leaves when she leaves. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a, I, I saw that I'd lost, that I'd lost the battle of life. I'd given it my best. I'd given it everything I had. I moved to a different city. I tried to get a job, right? I tried, you know, I, I stopped drinking. I was doing everything that I possibly could to live. And I couldn't. I couldn't keep my apartment clean. I couldn't put the furniture out. I couldn't do anything. And it was as if something inside me changed where I recognized that uh, I couldn't do it anymore. Like every, Like everything, every area of my life was a failure, was an utter failure golf work the girl relationships family friendships you name it i was at the bottom of the barrel i could not get there and it was it for for me it's it's hard to put this into words but it was as if as if everything burnt out and your and and your girl symbolizes the last remnant of your life you'd been trying to hold on to i was hanging on i was the hanging golf on. was gone the money was gone yep your alcohol was gone yep the girl was even physically gone yeah but came back yeah and um i gave it my best shot and i and i i've never uh, since that that time uh, in December of 2016, I have never felt more pain in my life. That was the most painful internal experience I've ever had. I've never felt that much pain. And I've been in, I've been to asylums. I've been in hospitals. That was that it was the most painful thing that I'd ever, ever experienced internally, you know? And, um, 
it was it was uh it was it was very dramatic and it was very very powerful for me um and then after that happened i just uh something really something changed and um i can't remember the date like the the time period of how this all went but um i had a thought that came to me that was as if it said Peter, there's nowhere to go because you're already there and you've always been there. You've always been home. You've always been here. You don't have anything to get. You don't have anywhere to go. There's nothing to do. Uh, it's right now. It's right now. And I saw like how asleep I'd been in my during my whole life that I was never actually present. And so she was the mechanism that I saw me for me. And it there wasn't any I mean, when I say there was nothing, there was nothing. I didn't want anything. I didn't need anything. As far as I was concerned, I was done. Like I was finished. My life as I had been living it and been trying to manage and, and trying to figure out was was over. Right, but you're in you're in the pain. You're in suffering. Yeah. And where where when does this thought come in? Does it come in like month, two After. month? It was quick. Oh, so it was. It was like within a, a week. Within a week, so you were just in a week of total total immolation, self immolation, yeah. pain, like and then burning it, up from the inside out. And then it happened, and I woke up one morning, and I'd never been more peaceful in my life. When you say it happened, the thought came? Yeah, when that thought happened. And when I saw me for me, like right there, all the excuses were gone. I was a total failure. Do you remember where you were when this thought came? I was in the bedroom. Were you laying, standing, sitting? What was going on? Um, it was before I was going to bed. I was like walking into the bedroom and uh, just everything, my mind and everything just stopped. And that's what I, I saw. That's what I, I, what I heard. And it was interesting because I, kind of, I started to chuckle after that and I started to just kind of laugh because I had seen like how, how far, how far out I was, how far out I'd, I'd been. And then the next morning I woke up and I had never I had never been more peaceful in my life. I didn't care about anything. There was there was no thoughts. Um all I wanted for her was was for her to be happy and for her to enjoy her life. And I was grateful that I got to spend as much time as I did with her, and I was grateful that she was around because if it hadn't been for her, I wouldn't have seen me. And um that was it. You know, I I didn't have, there was no more pain with that and I didn't lose anything. Um, and, um, and then I started, I was still, I, I started a new job kind of in that same period. Um, and I remember this, um, I didn't remember what, I didn't recognize it at the time, but looking back on it, I was uh, at, at, at the office and I had went to the bathroom and I was washing my hands and I looked in the mirror and uh, I didn't recognize the face that was looking back at me. 
I didn't recognize my own face. It was as if something had... It was as if I was looking at something completely new for the first time. Mm. And I'd been looking at in the mirror for year, for decades. Mm. But I and I just stared at at my reflection in the mirror and I was like I don't even know who this is. This isn't there's something totally different about this. And I finished washing up and I went back to work. And um and then a few weeks later, I met with Tran to get my uh, haircut. Ah, oh, I was wondering where the haircut was coming in. <laughs> Way back when. And we're sitting there, and uh, maybe 10 or 15 minutes into it, uh, he asked me, he goes, what, ha- what's, what happened to you? I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you've been sitting here for 15 minutes now. And you haven't said anything about yourself. I said, really? He goes, yeah. You were asking me questions about my family. And asking how my son was doing. And asking how my wife was doing. But not one time did you bring up anything about yourself. And he goes, that's the first time in all the years that I've known you. That you didn't you didn't bring up you. <laughs> right wow i'm not even aware of this wow i'm not even aware of this wow and to be honest with you um i i thought i was going i thought i was was crazy like i thought i I thought something had i thought there was something off Mm. because i couldn't like nothing bothered me I mean, it was, and I was just like neutral, just like completely flatlined. I couldn't think about tomorrow and I couldn't remember yesterday. It was just like this whole thing had changed. You're in the crease of the moment. Yeah. And I saw people, I saw the world, I saw the world completely different. Did you know what you were looking at? No. I didn't know what had happened. And I went to a guy. Ooh. I went to a guy and I asked him, I said, you know, I've been coming to these meetings and I've been looking at this book for, you know, a combined four years. I said, I don't know what's going on. I'm seeing everything. I'm seeing things in this book. I'm seeing things in these meetings. I'm seeing things in people that I've never been able to see before. Like, what is that? What had happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll read this because it, uh, if I can find it, I still don't even remember the page. Did he show it to you? Yeah. It was after a meeting one night and I went up to him and I, I, for some reason, I, I thought he would know what had happened. Right. Um, and, um, and he did, you know, um, and I lived like that and I lived in that state for almost uh, probably a year. 
like a just a, a year. I just couldn't. I I it it was, it was so inc- it was incredible. Because I'd suffered for so long in my life, and um, things just started to take off like a rocket. I mean, they just. I didn't have to take sleeping pills anymore. I didn't. I could wake up in the mornings. And and be okay. Every morning. Just. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We have a a day. (laughs) I didn't even know if I was going to wake up. You know. I I never. I wouldn't think about tomorrow. It was just. It was all just here. And. um, (sighs) And it's been that way. It was that way for a while. And it's been that way um, pretty consistently um, since then. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I have more moments now in my life where I I can get, I, st- I can still get sleepy. But, um, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't know what had happened. I, I had no clue what had happened. And for me, it was a spontaneous experience. It wasn't, I wasn't looking to get it. I wasn't trying to find it. It just... It's like something came out of the sky and hit me right over the head. I just it just happened, mm. and uh, all the suffering was was done. All the suffering was gone. <sighs> so I don't know if that explains it, but um, you know, people have asked me over the years, what's it? what's it like you know uh there was a i think i've shared this on the pod before but there was a a yoga instructor that came up to me and asked me a question she asked me if i was enlightened like any good yoga instructor would right was i enlightened Hmm. and i said i you know i'm i'm not sure i i don't know but what i can say is that uh I'd been knocking on this door for 20-odd years of my life. <laughs> and I was just rapping the thing. Just banging on this door. <laughs> banging on the door. Banging on the door. Banging on the door. Banging on the door. And uh, all of a sudden, the thing opened up. And uh, I walked through the door. And then I looked back. And I recognized that there wasn't a, there wasn't ever a door. <laughs> there was no door. <laughs> and she, you know, like she she um, she's a pretty cool person, but you know, she looked at me like, "What does yeah, that mean?" That's a it's a Zen koan. What you just said, like it's a it's like a it's 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 a modern age. Zen koan. <laughs> yeah, and that was that that was sort of um that's the stuff that sort of started coming to me. <laughs> like <laughs> I speak in riddles and live in rhyme. <laughs> right. You ask me a question. You ask me a question, I give you <laughs> the answer of no answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
and <laughs> it's like I just heard this guy speak, <laughs> and there's there's nothing for me to hold on to, <laughs> nothing to grasp. Here's some wind. <laughs> slip through the fingers <laughs> right like yeah <laughs> oh oh that's good and what, what and you know at the end of the day to sum it all up for me it was um as if uh and this was the great comedy for me was that um I'd I'd finally come home. I'd come home. But I was always home. I was always there. <laughs> it was always here. Yeah. It is it was always it was always now. It was always today. And I'd been everywhere else but today. <laughs> I was everywhere else but just today. Just now. Just today. And, um, I mean, just crazy, right? Like, and that's where the, that's where the comedy came in. That's where the, that's where the, 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 my sense of humor about my life came in because I was running around like a wild man, you know, trying to get stuff and trying to fix stuff and trying to, and I had this, this thing where, I just would remember being so crazy and laughing about it because it was all useless. It was all a waste of energy. And it was all all a waste of, of not even time. It was just, it was so not, not, it was never there. It was never, I was never going to get anything. I never did get anything, you know, like, my whole perception on on life changed. Uh, my whole perception on people changed. Uh, everything. It was almost as if I was. I was everything. Like I was. You were the person crying, laughing, hurt, sad, yeah. scared, away. Yeah. Existed, non-existed. Yeah. And I looked. I mean, I there was a a long period of time where I would just like look at people. Like I would just look at them and it would, it was as if like I was seeing me, like I just saw, I was like, if, if I came out of this thing, then you did too. You had to. And because of that, then you're my brother or you're my sister and we're all, uh, we're all out of the same thing the same we're all from the same place we all came out of the same thing whatever it is i have no fucking idea but we all came from that and we're all connected to it 100 percent, 100 percent. but we're all I, experiencing this experience but i saw that you know and i yeah. felt that and i i knew it i and i still know it you know sometimes not as much but like at the end of the day i mean it, there is no question in my mind and and my life from that from that period uh from that experience my life has never been the same and trust me i've done i've 
still gotten involved from time to time and done my best to, to mess that up. But no matter how hard I, I still run it from time to time. I can't get away from the fact that I know who I really am. Mm. And you know, that, that in itself is a, that's an amazing gift. I don't know if I sent you this. I think I did send you this. Did I send you the Carl Jung video, the interview with Carl Jung? Did you? I might I might not have. So there's this, I was watching old videos of Carl Jung at the end of his life being interviewed. And the interview interviewer asks Jung this question, says, because Jungian philosophy and, and modality and all his psychology, like, it's rooted in, 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 and things tapping into the ethereal or the unknown. And the and the interviewer asked him, you know, he's sitting there eighty years old or whatever, he's like, Do you do you, you know, like, do you believe in God? Mm-hmm. And and Young looks at him and he's just dead serious, like peering into the guy's soul, just like matter of factly, he was like, I don't have to believe, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so for me seeing that, you know, and his confidence in what it was that he knows and he knew it gave me it was like gave me permission to accept my own experience, which is why I wanted to do this on the show. Right. Because I still am interested in understanding it. And I love hearing everybody else's encounter encounters with the divine i mean there's books like i try to read through the varieties of religious experience but it's so scientific it's so the linguistics of it is so matter of fact yeah james that's tough yeah it's tough it's a tough tough read read. but he's documenting these experiences across the planet in all different cultures right and so like for me like the fact that you know we've been sitting here doing this pod for this length of time we've both known this the whole time i'd like to i like I, i love the idea of sharing it yeah, I agree. And um and it's funny, I like how you I like how you told it because it's it's never it's never the thing. It's never just the thing that happens. There's a there's a precursor and then there's the thing and then there's what happens afterwards. And so like I wasn't expecting mine at all either. It happened spontaneously. I didn't even know anything about anything I actually was adamantly so I guess I I would say I recognize my powerlessness way before I stopped using drugs and alcohol but there was one day where I knew I was done because I was looking in my niece's eyes and realized I would never be an uncle it was through her eyes that I was able to see myself in that room at my parents house it was like I disconnected from my body and witnessed myself from the outside looking in or outside looking down. And I was deeply ashamed of that person that was sitting on the couch. Yeah. And that was the impetus to send me back to my house and detox. But things lined up from that day one of pure pain to the sixth day meeting my dad for lunch and getting to the first group, the first meeting after that lunch that were not me. Like beyond, like things lined up, had no gas, dope dealers laughing in my face when I tried to call them. 
I go to my roommates. These are all other stories like later on, but like a, a, a suicide was contemplated and, and held in my hand. Um, you know, I'm at my, me and my dad for lunch. I want to get money from him. I'm there to get money from him. I'm looking in his eyes. I can't lie. I don't know why I can't lie. He asks me what I'm going to do. I say, I guess I'm going to, I guess I'm going to go to a meeting. You know, they'd already tried to help me as much as they possibly could. And he's like, what are you doing? You're on your own kid. I get in my car. I go to the meeting. I've got my dope kit next to me. And I'm thinking, man, I just, I could use just one more time after the meeting. And for some reason, when that thought happened, my arm went to the dope kit and threw it out the window. It was like thought appeared. There's no going back. Right. My arm threw it out. And uh, that was the last time I I seriously considered using anything. I show up at the meeting and I just knew if I didn't do anything, I was going to get high. So in that meeting, I shared. Someone told me they were going to sponsor me. I let them sponsor me. Someone gave me their phone number. I called them. Anything somebody did around me, I did or asked me to do, I did. And I just knew that the only chance I had was if I just continued showing up. And I recognized in the morning when I would wake up, it was like, I woke up, I got on my knees. I was like, please help. I'm going to use. For me, that's what powerlessness is. I will get high. And uh, I just actively engaged. And was if I wasn't doing something, I was on my way to a group. If I wasn't at a group, I was. I, I ended up going to work. It was just all I did. And every time I was in these spaces, I shared how I felt and what I thought in relation to what we were talking about. And none of it made sense to me. I couldn't believe people's gods. I couldn't believe the higher power. I didn't understand any of the stuff. And I was just sharing as I was processing through it. I was as honest as I could possibly be the whole way through. And then a year and a half in, two years in, something happened. And, um, yeah, I, I was, I was working at a at my father's warehouse, cleaning and venting tire molds. I uh, had gone on a trip to Israel the month before, and um, on that trip, I met some soldiers in in the group. And I was cleaning tire molds, listening to a song in my headphones, "17" by Youth Lagoon. And in that moment, I was like, "I want to send this to the group." And so I I sent the song in the group chat, the group messenger. And as soon as I sent it, I pressed play on it and I started listening to it. And I began to imagine that one of my soldiers was listening to it at the exact same time all the way around the world in Israel. And I'm looking at the warehouse window and I'm, and I'm seeing the trees and I'm listening to the music and it's swelling in my ears and then something clicked. And the sense of, it's the sense of pure bliss love and presence overcame my being and the trees the birds the wind the sun everyone that ever had existed anyone that ever would exist and everyone currently existing were all one and the same thing there was no difference between the birds and the things i was seeing and the timeline of history that my brain had conceptualized everything was just one thing and I lost, like, I lost my sense of self. I ceased to exist, and I was this all-encompassing expression of whatever word you want to pick for it. Right. 
and I just start bawling. I, I'm crying my eyes out. I stumble over to the workbench. I sit down, and I just cry for 45 minutes. And uh, nothing's ever been the same since, ever. And I don't know, I guess, I guess, you know, I, I had, after that, it was six months of every day I would wake up and be like, I cannot believe I'm existing in a body. I would wake up amazed, amazed that there was light, amazed that I could see my hands and my feet. I'd be around people wondering how the hell somebody was speaking or communicating or talking. I'd be, I, I, I was going to my groups. I was sharing about what was going on. People were coming up to me saying they were going to pray for me. I, I, shared, I shared one time that I'm not going to use drugs or alcohol again. It's gone. It's never going to happen. And I knew it. Yeah. And that scared some people. And, uh, and I just, I started, I started writing. I didn't know who to talk to about anything. Every time I would share or try to express what I was experiencing, it was like sludge. I couldn't make sense of it. And so I just attempted to understand it for myself. And then six months into it, I, I started waking up in the morning and praying for it to go away uh, because I didn't want to, it was too much. It was too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And uh, and eventually it did. It did go away. Uh, but I never stopped writing. And um, yeah, that's that, that was it for me. I was able to get that one in pretty quick, I think. <laughs> but yeah, that, I've told it a lot to myself I've written about it a lot I've thought about it and I've tried to make sense of it and I've, I've, I've studied the stories of others who've had similar experiences and you know for a long time I was I was really obsessed with trying to figure out how to how to create something that could help facilitate a deeper level of understanding for anyone who may be interested in seeing beyond themselves right and, um, you know, for ever since, ever since, you know, that the, he the heaviness, the, I guess the overwhelming nature of the Satori experience ever since that left, it's, it's been, it's been, I've, I, I didn't have my like painful suffering death until like two years after that. That's the most painful time of my life was leading up to when we met, when we met, I had just had come out of it I had just come out of just the dark night of just you know regularly and consistently being fucked up and sad and depressed yeah yeah so yeah now it's now it feels like what what the book talks about the psychic change it's really cool I get to have this psychic change I'm, I'm able to see it happening my new way of learning how to live this way. I've never learned how to live this way. I was just thrust into it and for some reason couldn't connect with anything. And I was trying to, f I was trying to fight for my own voice for some reason too. Right. But it's different now. Yeah. And I, I mean, look, I, I'm so I'm I'm so grateful that it 
I'm so grateful that it is that it is different for me just on a day to day on a day to day um experience. Um but with that being said I am still a fucking human being. And uh those ex- the that experience like my experience uh it, it doesn't it doesn't make me immune from my humanness and it doesn't make me immune from experiencing all sorts of uh human emotions. Uh and the the biggest difference that I'll say for myself is the um things don't stay serious as long as they used to so I don't I just don't stay I don't stay in that place as long as I did it's sort of like you know you th- you would think I think people think that when um a life altering experience takes place like that that um you know I would no longer um experience the human emotions it's they're there they're there you it's, know but it's not like walking on it's not it's not like walking on water right it it's it's the the best way i can describe it is this i i always thought there was one side of the coin i had always thought that there was one side of the coin like it was it was on the table and it just the it was just that it was just the whatever it was the the head or the the bird whatever it was just it was just that and then all of a sudden something happens and i recognize that there's two sides that there's this true and there's this false and i'd been running around on one side which was false for so long i was not able to understand that there were two sides of the coin that there's what's true there's what is there's what is and there's what is not and I had confused what is not as being what is for most of my life. And looking at it, I I just found that to be really, really funny. Just to put clarity, it's, it's anything that you may be thinking of the future or the past or how you see yourself or how you should be. Yeah. These are all fictions, imaginations, not. And I thought they were real. I could not differentiate what was true and what was not. So So after my after my experience because I was I had this thing, I had this thing happen and I was sharing and I couldn't connect with anyone. No, it was almost like because I was my behaviors leading up to that moment was to actively express myself. That's what kept me from using drugs and alcohol, my activity and my engagement and my own recovery. So when the experience hit, 
and I had this, uh, this knowing, uh, my behaviors didn't change. I still did what I did, shared and shared everywhere I went. And it, over time, because I didn't, I couldn't connect with anyone on any of this stuff, I began, I became to essentially end up in an island of myself. Yeah. And that's where the pain reached the precipice. And, and I, and I want to, we, we're just about to hit the hour and I wanted to share this before we close up because I, I know exactly what I, what I want to put in at the end here of this, of this episode. So there was a moment when I'm, I'm at my best friend since the third grade, Jake's house, been, was living with him, just went through a really bad breakup. My life, everything that I thought I could be or wanted to do was, it was just pain. Every morning I woke up not wanting to be alive. Yeah. Every morning, every day, it was like daggers in my gut. Yeah. And it would not leave me. And what, what I'm about to drop in here, and it sucked because I knew everything we just talked about, I knew these things. Yeah. Yet I was still drowning every single, like, uh, I couldn't get any respite or relief from it. Nothing I did, no one I talked to, nowhere I went, nothing was helping. And I'm sitting in the basement, it's like 11 o'clock at night, just, I just don't want to exist. I just don't want to feel. And this, this thought pops in my head to pull up my laptop and to pull up Alan Watts. And... I wasn't even that into Alan Watts yet. Right. It was just what 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 it was, and and I and I type his name and I start listening to a thing, and I realized what I I just I was like I'm gonna create I'm gonna create something, and and when I get into this flow creative state, it's like I it's it was the only relief I found from the suffering and the pain was through the art that I was making, whether when I would write something or produce something or film something or whatever, that was the only relief I could get from the toils of existence just the sucked <laughs> fucking sucked right and so this idea comes in my head to take this alan watts lecture and i was watching and i was like i'm gonna make this 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 thing and um and i made it and i played it back and i cried and i slept peacefully and and I knew that things could get better. You know, I woke up in the morning in pain the next day, <laughs> but it was lessened. Right. And um, yeah, this is Alan Watts on Zen. And the thing I... I feel it's important it's important to talk about this a a human being doesn't have to suffer a human being doesn't have to live consistently in pain or live consistently in anxiety or live consistently in fear 
or live consistently with just a lousy state of being. It does not have to happen. And I'm completely convinced. I've seen it countless times. Countless times. That if a person is willing to start doing some things differently, start taking some different actions, looking at life in maybe a little bit of a different way, that uh, each individual can experience some peace and serenity. Uh, and I, I know so many guys and so many women that are examples of that. And those of us that have been to the depths of uh, not only internal internal pain, but alcohol or drugs uh, can recover. Uh, any any anybody can recover. Any and, and you don't have to be an alky or an addict to recover. <laughs> yeah, and life will life will fuck you up. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it will. And the thing about it is, is you know, there's this idea in recovery that it's about uh, drugs and alcohol, or it's about food, or it's about sex, or it's about um, gambling, video yeah. games, compulsions. Yeah. Codependency, whatever. And I'm not recovering from that. What I'm recovering is who I really am. That's what I'm recovering. I'm recovering who I really am and where I'm really from. And that is that is recovery. I'm never, ever, 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 ever recovering from ex- from an external circumstance. And I had forgotten who I was. I thought I was. I thought I was something else. And um, today, I know who I really am. I know that with every fiber of my of my being, I know exactly. I know exactly who I am. And, um, it's you, I'm you <laughs> yeah. experiencing me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could like make a f- fucking, that's <laughs> you, dr- <laughs> dude, I drink your milkshake. <laughs> yeah. You dropped the fucking burrows on me. I was just thinking of burrows, <laughs> Yeah. but you know what I'm saying? And I think that, um, I mean, that's the que- like, what is that? That one, the question, ask yourself, who are you? You know? keep asking your question until you arrive who are you really yeah you know who's you that's thinking who's you that's listening who's you that's listening to you listen and if if someone's if someone's able to grapple with this and someone's able to get into the weeds with this stuff (laughs) if they made it this far they're in (laughs) yeah if if a person can get into the weeds of this stuff um there's uh there's life-changing experiences um so this was a powerful episode man yeah <laughs> it was a powerful episode and i don't talk about this stuff a lot you know i I just don't it's not something that's that i bring up yeah i've never been i've never been i've written things 
alluding to what we discussed. Yeah. But I've never came out and just been like, this is what happened. <laughs> it's out there. Yeah. Uh, good app. <laughs> good hang. <laughs> good hang, dude. I'm gonna. All right. So so uh yeah. Let's hit it. This is Alan Watts on Zen. Same way when you have an excellent dancing partner. Who leads? Who follows? It seems as if you are one body and you move together. That is then, that is jhana. And uh, so in, the, in, in a wider sense, when a person doesn't react to life on the one hand, or try to dominate it on the other, But when the internal world of one's own organism and the external world of other people and other things move together as if they were and indeed are one and the same motion, that is Zen. So you could say in a very, very simple way that the real concern of Zen is to realize, not merely to think, but to know in your bones that the inside world inside your skin and the outside world outside your skin going out as far as anything can go into galaxies beyond galaxies is all one world and all one being, oneself, and you're it. And once you know that, then uh, you have completely abolished all the problems that arise as a result of feeling that you're a stranger in the world, that you're set down in the middle of a hostile and alien domain of nature or people, and not you this whole sense of estrangement foreignness to the world is overcome in Zen now let me illustrate this a little before we go into Zen in any kind of technical way how this discipline called Zen actually works this will involve a little bit of letting the cat out of the bag, but um, can't be helped. I feel stranger in this world. I feel uh, that it's a problem in that having a body means that I am subject to disease and change and death. 
having emotions and passions means that I am tormented by feelings which I can't help having and yet it's not reasonable to act on those feelings. I feel trapped by this world and so I want to get the better of it. And is there some wise man around who is a master of life and who can teach me to cope with all this? The man who is the savior and who can show you how to cope with it. The Zen teacher says, I don't have any answer. under the impression that there is something that we ought to get. There is not life on the one hand and you on the other. It's all the same. <laughs>